didn't God smile while seeing all these beautiful things come to life? I'm certain that God the Logos smiled. He was glad. God loves his creation. And the person who loves nature feels for the created beings. In this respect, he imitates his master, the creator. If we only knew how much this helps in the refinement of a person when he or she appreciates nature. I remember in our childhood years, my brother and my cousins, we used to live next to each other, and we would wait until the family goats would give birth so we would adopt our own baby goat and we would take them to the mountains to feed them, talk to them. Nico, my cousin in Australia, was constantly carrying and feeding his goat to the point where he would forget to eat and his mother had to chase him around to feed him. You may say, how deprived? Deprived? I don't think so. There's a great deal of fun and joy and satisfaction when caring or playing with God's living creation. Children today are fed up with the mechanical and electronic toys that are filling up their closets. The excitement lasts a day or two and on to the next thing they go. We must also mention that uh, very recently our church dedicated the 1st of September was a special day of ecological awareness. We must note, however, that if we are not careful and we take this ecological awareness to extremes, then we're being led towards idolatry, and that's dangerous. If you happen to be a spiritual person, a true Christian, you are not in any danger. The truth is that many of the environmental groups today, the earth groups, they are delving into idolatry. Mother Nature today is a powerful goddess. Mother Nature is in control. And who can dare to fool with Mother Nature? And along with the idea of the Mother Nature, we have that of the Mother Earth. These expressions go beyond just words. Freemasonry is a religion, and behind all the facade that these organizations sport, behind the scenes we have idolatry in its crudest form, worship of the earth and the sun, the sun being responsible for the earth's fertility, 100% idolatry. Needless to say, this reality is greatly camouflaged by the lodge masters who recruit their unsuspecting victims on the premise of prestige and good works and community service. We must be extremely careful. St. John warns, my children, watch yourselves from idols. And we must say that there are a number of idols today. In continuing with the subject of a refined person, we must note that education plays a great factor in a person's refinement. 
As people of Greek descent, we may have seen how our parents or grandparents felt about schooling, about education in general, and how they sacrificed their lives to make sure that their children would be provided with the best possible education. I'm sure this is very true with the other immigrant cultures as well. The ancient Athenians educated their young students with three subjects. The curriculum included grammar, music, and physical education, simply gym. Grammar would include public speaking, literature, rhetoric. Music would include the different meters of music and harmonies and tones and the study of voice and rhythms. The ancient Athenians were people of rhythm. They were very much in tune with the arts. So the ancients used this threefold style of education for refinement for the sake of personal refinement and not necessarily for occupational reasons. Their purpose of education was never connected with the development of an occupation or a career. Money was not the motive behind education. Today, we overcrowd our university or college classrooms to simply acquire that degree that would direct us on the right track to land an excellent career, a high-paying career. At times, there are three, four, four, five hundred applicants for one or two positions available, a position of a college professor, for instance. In ancient Greece, once again, people of extreme education would exercise a different occupation. Socrates, the great philosopher, excelled in philosophy. He had a great number of students, but he had no problem with the profession of sculptor. He was a sculptor. Socrates was never paid for his philosophy classes, nor his level of virtue would allow for such a compensation program. He would rather work with his hands. Sculpture was a rather tedious and painstaking task. This is great to have a person of higher education, college or university, and to choose to work as a farmer or as a landscaper. The purpose of the education having no connection with his work. Education would be used for self-expression, for organizational skills, organizing one's ideas and thoughts. Self-expression is so important. Often we have people who lack education and they also lack the ability to express themselves. They lack the ability to classify and arrange their ideas and thoughts or their feelings. These elements are somewhat mixed up in their soul. The educated person, on the other hand, can easily sort these things out and act properly, prioritize his thoughts. Again, ideally you can have a very educated person, a great thinker, driving a taxi cab or repairing shoes or bagging groceries at the local supermarket. 
This last one caught me by surprise about 25 years ago when I first came to live in this country. At the Greek villages, our school teachers enjoyed the utmost respect. They were basically served by the entire village. People would offer to do the chores for them, to offer them fruits and vegetables, wash their car. They were very highly esteemed as professionals. After living in this country for a few months, I was walking through a grocery store, and to my great surprise, I found one of my school teachers bagging groceries after school. He needed some extra income, and he decided to work in an occupation very much below his qualifications. Again, this left me quite puzzled. But getting back to the area of education, we must say that there's no reason whatsoever for anyone in this country to be illiterate. Education all the way to high school is basically free. Books are free, and yet the number of school dropouts is astounding. Quality and method of education has changed drastically. And we must stress that even though the right type of curriculum will cultivate a person, education alone will not provide the answer to a whole and polished person. Education is a great weapon in today's society, and many young people throw away this great opportunity only to regret it later. Some people will return to school in their 40s or 50s or 60s in search of that high school diploma or college degree, and it is always exciting to see that. Father Athanasius tells the story of a lady who never had any schooling. This was not uncommon in Greek villages, especially after the wars. She was married and her husband began to homeschool her. She shared her joy with Father Athanasius and everyone, and her great joy was that she just finished reading the entire New Testament. This is pure joy to be able to read and study and enjoy the Word of God, to understand His holy commandments and proceed to live by them. And by now, let's see why the ancient Greeks studied music. They taught music to their students, realizing that music helps in the refinement of a person. Music education does not necessarily mean to pick up a musical instrument, find an instrument, and take some lessons. No, it is more of a discipline to train ourselves to hear and appreciate music. Not necessarily to play, but to listen to music and to learn to be eclectic or selective to the type of music we choose to listen to. We must fine tune our ears to worthwhile music from a very young age. A couple came to visit Father Athanasius' monastery, and the lady was expecting their first child. They discussed many different spiritual matters, and one of the things that the young lady pointed out was that she was listening to classical music quite often. 
to entertain herself, not only herself, but more so the fetus to have the unborn baby introduced and conditioned to this external stimulus. Are we under the impression that the unborn baby cannot hear inside the mother's womb? It most certainly can. It has been clinically proven that when the couple is arguing, yelling, screaming, and so on, the embryo, the fetus, attempts to pull itself in a corner, a corner of the uterus, the baby is bothered by all this unrest and commotion. Again, these things are clinically proven. The same thing happens when the blood-stained hands of doctors attempt to violently uproot the fetus from the mother's womb, the infamous abortion. May God help us from this evil. Let's be very careful, especially our young people. Don't ever commit this sin. There are videos available that show the unborn fetus push itself in the corner as much as it can when it feels the entrance of the killing utensils of modern medicine. The baby can sense things, and the fetus can sense the sound of music. What music? The good music, the civilized music, not the sounds of the barbarians. The sounds of different contemporary music which alters the biochemistry of plants and animals. It has been shown that when cows are exposed to the violent sounds of rock music, they stop producing milk. Plants' growth is stunned. On the contrary, classical music increases milk production in the same cows, and this music education can and should start from the years of infancy or before, and blessed will be the children that have parents with this type of mentality. Again, let's not think that music education is limited to a few piano lessons or voice lessons, not to mention that for most people, this is somewhat of a status symbol or an act of duty to be able to say that our child takes piano lessons or dance lessons or drama classes. Again, this is not the issue. The important thing is to be cultured, to be disciplined, to hear and appreciate fine music. Music is a great element which can aid the refinement of a person. But I question the ability of contemporary music to help in this area, especially Western music, rock, jazz, heavy metal. If you call this music, if you would play this music late at night, at least if you are listening to these screams, these inarticulate sounds, the sounds the groups of drugged and drunken rock stars make, again, you would think that these screams are coming from people that are hanging in the pits of hell and someone is squeezing their throats. What a misfortune to our society. The great misfortune is that people willfully run into music stores to pay money to listen and be entertained by these screams. Again, we question 
if this sort of music can add any refinement to a human being, the big question is how can this music be so popular in our young people? This can only mean that our musical instincts have gone off course. Our sense of music is totally dysfunctional. Music is supposed to calm, inspire, and relax a person. This modern music does anything but that. The sound of rock pushes people to a state of insanity. Often after a rock concert, civilized human beings do more damage than a herd of water buffalo. They destroy the bleachers, they overturn cars, they break and destroy store glass fronts, and all this after a musical event. Is it hard to understand from all these fruits that surround today's rock concerts, is it hard to understand that this type of music presents a great setback to the people of the 20th century, a great setback to the civilized society, another sign that today's society is in a deep state of decadence, a society overrun by the greed of producers, by the greed of entertainers, by the greed of the media, who are interested in one thing and only one thing, the bottom line. My friends, again, we must stress that we are speaking to a spiritual audience and a great deal of our audience may have a hard time with this message. But this is the truth. Soft rock, slow rock, country rock, bluegrass, pop, disco, oldies, very oldies, rap, alternative, all this music will not help your Christian walk. The root of this music can be found in the demonic rituals of primitive and barbarian tribes. There have been a number of documentaries about the connection of rock music and the demonic rituals of African tribes in the jungle. If we are people of the Holy Spirit, we must pay special attention to this matter. Outside of classical music, we as Greek Orthodox we also have our Byzantine liturgical music. The interesting thing is that our Byzantine music is based on the ancient Greek measures and scales of music. The Byzantine music does wonders in the refinement of a person. This music arouses the spirit and not the lower instincts. Our Byzantine music is full of reverence and piety. Unfortunately, this music is very much interwoven with the Greek language. And as our Greek language is at a state of crisis here in America, so is our music. We have been desensitized by the Western sounds today, by the sounds of opera, and by the terrible spirit of modernization. This is the music of our Greek church fathers, the music of our saints, the music of our martyrs. This music elevates, it inspires, it uplifts, it changes the state of the heart. This is the music that changed the history of the entire Russian nation when the representatives of this country 
were asked to go scouting for the most beautiful religion. They kept searching until they entered the most holy church, the most celebrated church of Christendom, the holy temple of God's holy wisdom, or Hagia Sophia in Constantinople. They were magnetized by the beauty of the Byzantine tradition. They wrote back, we did not know if we were on earth or in heaven. This music bears the seal of the Holy Spirit. It is sacred music. I will urge our listeners to listen to it even though you may not always understand the words. The benefits will not be a few. We briefly mentioned before something about theatrical or operatic music, the music of the opera. This music is of no help to a person either. It does nothing for his spiritual well-being. This music has a tendency to make a person effeminate. And this is not a healthy state to be in. It makes a man effeminate. I'm not going to go into details at this point, but that's the fruits of the so-called theatrical music. Finally, we must say that our soul is created to enjoy and seek out beauty, and there is much beauty and enjoyment in the area of music. Again, most of us today are traumatized and desensitized by the Pied Piper of rock music, a forerunner of the Antichrist. We only need to retune ourselves and make the proper choice as followers of Christ and his church. This music of our forefathers served the church for hundreds of years. Why do we want to throw all this treasure away? Let's reconsider. Let's try to hold on to this rich Orthodox Christian heritage of ours.